Welcome to episode number 112 of Quality Christian Living. I am your host, David Friend. Today's podcast, I believe, is going to be special. As I was reading this week, looking at topics that I wanted to talk about, the item or the issue of wisdom came to mind. So today, we are calling this podcast, How to Have Wisdom in Our Decisions. You know, we make a lot of decisions in life, and some of them are good and some are bad. Some of those decisions we experience cause challenges in our life and others great victories. But in all cases, we can learn from all the decisions that we've made in our past. So before we get into the message, though, let's pray and ask for the Holy Spirit's guidance. Father, thank you once again for this opportunity to bring this message to these folks who are listening in today. I pray that you would bless it and that you would anoint it, that you would bring forth those things, Lord, that you feel will touch the hearts of your people. And I pray that you would use your scriptures, Lord, to bring new revelation and new ideas and new thoughts to those who may have struggled with past decisions. I thank you, God, for what's going to take place, and I believe the Holy Spirit now is going to do a special work in the lives of each and every person who's tuned in today. I pray for ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. The last few podcasts, we have discussed the topic of decision-making because we all know that decisions are a vital part of everyday living. So in order to have wisdom to make the right decisions, we should look to the Word of God. We should also look back at all the decisions that we've made in our life. Let me make a couple comments. I think that'll be a benefit to you. When you think about your finances, all the decisions that you have made to this date are the sum total, if you add them all up, of where you are today in your financial position. It usually has the same thing to do with our health. All the decisions we've made to exercise or not exercise, to eat right or not eat right, those types of things, those decisions that have made an impact on the health position that we face in our life. And it goes on and on when it comes to work and careers and our walk with God, our parenting, raising of our kids, the marriage that we have. If you're single, the life that you've lived, it all has to do with decision making. Now, if you could ask, let me just ask you this question. If you could ask the Lord for just one thing, you say, Lord, I got, Lord would look at you and say, okay, now just let me know what you want and ask that request and I'll grant it to you. So if you could ask that question, what is the best thing that we can ask God to have in our walk with him, in our relationships, in dealing with our health, in dealing with our finances, in dealing with every aspect of life. You know, I'm not going to answer that right now because I'm going to first turn to Second Chronicles chapter 1 and let's see what King Solomon asked for when he was presented with the opportunity to ask for one special thing in his life. God said, I'm going to give it to you. It's found in Second Chronicles chapter 1 and starting with verse number 7. Now, prior to that, Let's go back to verse 1. In Second Chronicles chapter 1, verse 1, the Word of God says this in the New Living Translation, Solomon, son of David, took firm control of his kingdom, for the Lord his God was with him and made him very powerful. So then it talks about the assembly and talks about the, the clan leaders and the political leaders and the judges and the captains and the army and all that. But then it gets down to verse number 7. And after all that other stuff was described about Solomon's great power, that night, it says in verse 7, God appeared to Solomon and said, What do you want? Ask, and I will give it to you. Before I read any more, just think about that. Can you imagine God looking at you and saying, What do you want? Ask, and I will give it to you. Well, you know, he really does say that to us in his word. It says, Seek God and draw near to him, and he'll draw near to us. 
It says, be still and know that I am Lord. God gives us many opportunities to ask for what we need in our life and to help us with decisions. But in this particular case, to stop and think, the most powerful man in the world at that time, the wealthiest man in the world, was sitting there and God spoke these words, ask what you want and I'll give it to you. That passage of scripture reminds me of what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7 and starting at verse 7 in the New Living Translation. He says, he's talking about prayer now, effective prayer of a righteous person. Jesus spoke these words, Keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will open to you. For everyone who asks receives, everyone who seeks finds, and to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. You see, Jesus promised that in the New Testament. So that should be fresh on our heart and fresh on our mind. Now let's see what Solomon was going to ask for. We're going back to Second Chronicles chapter 1, verse number 8. Solomon replied to God, You showed faithful love to David my father, and now you have made me king in his place. Verse 9, O Lord God, please continue to keep your promise to David my father, For you have made me king over a people as numerous as the dust of the earth. Give me the wisdom and knowledge to lead them properly. For who could possibly govern this great people of yours? God said to Solomon, verse 11, Because your greatest desire is to help your people, and you did not ask for wealth, riches, fame, or even the death of your enemies, or a long life, but rather you ask for wisdom and knowledge to properly govern my people. Verse 12, God's telling Solomon, I will certainly give you the wisdom and knowledge you requested, but I will also give you wealth, riches, and fame, such as no other king has had before you or will ever have in the future. Wow, think about that. Anything he wanted to ask for, and he asked for wisdom. I guess we could ask ourselves that question. What would we ask for? Would we ask for health or wealth or fame or whatever? Really what God's word is telling us here, if we go to God and we seek for wisdom and knowledge, then all these other things will be added to us. That's what Jesus said. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And it says, and all these things shall be added unto you. So I guess we're going to need to examine a little bit closer. What's the difference between wisdom and knowledge and talk about how we can have wisdom and knowledge when it comes to making decisions in our own life. Let me try and give you a couple of definitions about what I call wisdom and knowledge. Wisdom is quality of experiences or knowledge being wise. What that's saying is using our experiences, the knowledge that we have, and those things that we have gained in our experience in life, in all areas of life, and using that to form wisdom to make good decisions. Now, knowledge is based on facts, our skills, our acquired experiences through our education, our training, the kind of practical understanding of something. So wisdom takes knowledge, but many times people can have knowledge and have little or no wisdom whatsoever. I remember when I went to school, I had a lot of professors who were teaching various topics and they were very knowledgeable when it came to their topic. They understood things, they understood history, they understood mathematics, they understood science, all those things had a great amount of knowledge when it came to that. But many of those men didn't have a whole lot of wisdom when it came to dealing with the practical aspects of life. I know later on in my life when I became a banker, I had to deal with people with a lot of knowledge, but not wisdom in knowing how to run a business. Maybe they were good at inventing something or building something or making a product. But when it came to 
putting up a business package or a plan or a financial plan for their business. They just didn't have the wisdom to do that. So it's interesting how you you need both of them. That's why Solomon asked for wisdom and knowledge. That's why God said, I would grant that to you. But God said, when I grant wisdom and knowledge to you, then you will gain all these things. He says, you're going to have wealth and riches and fame. And all those things will come to you when you have both. So it's important we understand when we make decisions, we've got to have the knowledge to make a good decision. And then we have to have the wisdom, which I believe is spirit-led, to make the right decision based upon what we've learned, what we know, what our education gave us. So that's kind of an important way to look at it. Wisdom is crucial. If I was to ask for one or the other, well, it's kind of hard to have one or the other because wisdom comes from knowledge and then wisdom kind of stands on its own when it gets the knowledge. But without knowledge, you can't have wisdom. Now, I know I may sound like I'm talking in circles, but in reality, it's crucial to understand that we must gain knowledge through our experiences and then we must gain wisdom through applying those experiences in a way that God ordains or how God instructs us to go. Now see, one example of that would be this. In business world, we talk about people getting rich, making a lot of money. But then the book of Proverbs comes up and tells us that hasty speculation brings failure, but steady plotting or consistent planning brings wealth and prosperity. See, there's there's the difference. Once again, hasty speculation is not having wisdom. Steady plotting is using the knowledge that you have, applying wisdom to it to make good decisions, and then you'll see prosperity. Maybe that's a little clearer. So as I continue talking about wisdom, we need to understand that wisdom will help us in making great decisions. Decisions of how to pray, what to pray for, wisdom to help us make decisions for future planning, for our finances, for our marriage, for parenting, for working in business. We need wisdom to be able to understand how to apply the knowledge that we have. So I think we need to go back into the Word and let's look at a couple other scriptures dealing with the subject of wisdom when it comes to making good decisions. I'm going to be reading in the book of James and it's chapter 1 in the New Living Translation. I'm going to read verses 5 through 8. So think about this in the area of wisdom and knowledge coming together. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God and He will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. But when you ask, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver, for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Verse 8, their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they are unstable, it says, in everything that they do. So in order to have wisdom, we need to be led of God. In order to have wisdom to make decisions, we need to understand the difference between the spiritual aspects of being a Christian and the world in which we live in. The world many times will teach us knowledge, and we can learn, we can go to school, but we got to be careful that when we go to school, we don't allow the teaching to rob us from the wisdom to have faith to believe in God. There's a lot of intellectual people who will lose their faith when their intellect goes up. A lot of folks believe that science is something that robs people of their faith. But I've been talking to some doctors lately who are basically scientists who've said that the studying that's taking place in our universities right now of mathematics and science and those things are basically areas of knowledge that are leading people to have wisdom to understand that God created all this. So it's a paradox, but it's one that's exciting. It's God laid it out and gave us a game plan 
to have proper wisdom and to go gain the education, the background, the training, and the skills that we need to have the knowledge. Put that along with our faith and move into a realm of wisdom to make great decisions. I'll tell you, this is exciting and I hope that you're enjoying it as much as I am. There's a passage of scripture I think applies to this very much. It's found in the book of Titus and in chapter number 2 and verse number 12. Once again, I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. It says right here in verse 12, And we are instructed to turn from godless living and sinful pleasures. We should live in this evil world with wisdom, righteousness, and devotion to God. There's a great example of how knowledge that we can gain in the world can be good. But on the other hand, it can rob us of righteousness and a commitment to God. Wisdom comes from drawing closer to God, righteous living, and a devotion to Him. So we've got to remember, in order to gain wisdom, we need to draw closer to God. The closer we draw to Him, the closer He's going to draw to us. And the more that we get into His Word and we read His Word and go to the church that we attend and listen to the Word being preached and hearing a great message, hearing the songs of worship and praise to our Lord, the more we will gain in making wise decisions. Wise decisions require a relationship with God. They require a time of prayer. It's crucial we understand that prayer is a catalyst. It's the it's the foundation that we lay to make good decisions, good, wise decisions in our daily life. Here's another scripture I think that applies to this teaching on wisdom and knowledge. It's found in the book of Colossians. Paul is writing this. It's in chapter 2 in the New Living Translation, and it's found in verse number 2, but I should, probably should read verse 1 in order to understand exactly what 2 is saying. So, chapter 2, verse 1. I want you to know, Paul speaking here, how much I have agonized for you and for the church at Laodicea and for many other believers who have never met me personally. Verse 2, he says, I want them to be encouraged and knit together, unity, that is, be in agreement, by strong ties of love. I want them to have complete confidence that they understand God's mysterious plan, which is Christ himself. In him lie hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Here we go. We see Paul teaching to the Colossians. He's telling them that in order to understand the treasures of wisdom and knowledge, you've got to know Christ. You've got to have a relationship with Jesus. Christ. You see, the world can never have the pure wisdom that God has. When I mean the world, when I talk about the world, I refer to people who've never given their life to Jesus Christ. They've never made a commitment to Jesus and accept him as Lord and Savior. That's the difference between the world's, what they call wisdom and knowledge, and what believers refer to as divine or spiritual wisdom, the wisdom that comes from God and led by the Holy Spirit. You see, if we really want to know the the hidden treasures of wisdom and knowledge when it comes to making decisions, we've got to go to God. We've got to seek the Lord. Let me kind of end the next half of this podcast with four points that I'd like to talk about dealing with how to have wisdom in our decisions. First of all, we need to pray. Then the first step in any type of decision making requires prayer. We need to seek the Lord. We need to get honest before God. And I don't mean just a little 10 second God give me wisdom and then go out and buy a car. I'm talking about spending some time, some quality time before you make a decision to purchase a car or purchase a house or date someone or get married or travel or select a new career path, whoever it might be. A season of prayer, a time of prayer. It might be it might be days and weeks. It might be months. Could be even years praying about things before things come to pass. So if we don't have a vibrant prayer life when it comes to seeking God, we're going to lack wisdom when it comes to making the right decision. So number one on my list is pray and believe that God's going to answer that prayer. Right after we pray, we need to open up the Word of God and try and find direction for the decisions. That's number two. Use God's Word for direction. 
there are so many areas of instruction when it comes to how to make good decisions found in the Word of God. Let me give you an example. There's a teaching in the Word of God that talks about whether we should co-sign for a loan or not. Now, some people think, well, you should always co-sign for a loan for someone in need. Well, that's not true. The Bible tells us if you don't know that person, if you're not familiar with that person, if you don't have a relationship with that person, you should never co-sign their loan. And I want to add to that that today, if you co-sign for someone, and maybe it's a good friend, and I'm not trying to add anything to the Bible. I'm just adding a comment about today and how to deal with our finances. When it comes to co-signing for someone else, you're putting your own credit at stake. You're putting your credit in risk of being hurt if you co-sign for someone else's loan and they don't make the payments because maybe they're embarrassed that they can't make the payments, they don't tell you about it, then your credit gets ruined because they're messing up a loan that you've guaranteed. But just strictly based upon the Word of God, you should never co-sign a loan for someone that you're not familiar with, that you know, that you have a relationship and have an understanding with and have an agreement with them that if they don't make the payments, that you will make the payments for them. It's crucial to understand that because what a shame that would be for you to do a good deed for someone and then find out that they're not making the payments because they're embarrassed, they feel really bad, that their finances are down or their income is in a terrible spot and they don't even realize they're ruining your credit. So be very careful of that and listen to the Word of God for instructions when it comes to those things. There's other instructions in the Word of God that tells us who we should loan money to and who we should not loan money to, that we should be careful if we loan money. I believe the Word of God tells us that if we cannot afford to lose the money that we're going to loan to someone, then don't loan them that money. What I mean by that is, is that Christians, the Bible tells us Christians should settle disputes quickly. If there's a disagreement, you should sit down with that person and settle the, dis- the dispute very quickly and get over it. It also warns us not to sue our brother or go after them and take legal action against them. Now, I'm not an attorney. And I'm not going to advise you whether you should ever use the legal system that we have to sue someone because that's something you need to take up with the Lord and in prayer and also with some legal counsel. But basically, the Word of God tells us to settle disputes quickly. We should also pray for favor. The Lord tells us in His Word that when we're negotiating things or talking to people about business transactions or making decisions, we should pray for favor, that we will have favor when it comes to making a decision on something that will impact our life. All right, number three, we should seek godly advice or counsel from someone else. I'm a big believer in that. I believe that when you're facing a decision, you should go to a believer and ask them to help you with it and give some advice or direction from them. It reminds me of a time that I was thinking of becoming a partner with a man who was not a Christian. I went to my pastor at the time and I said, The Bible tells us not to be unequally yoked. And I thought, therefore, he's not a Christian and I am, so therefore I should not do a partnership with him. And my pastor, who I believe had great wisdom, said, in this particular case, you're not violating the word of God because you are going to have a great influence on him and always be in a position of control, be in a majority position. What that means is I should own more of the the partnership than this person has so that I have the final decision to make. And that because I'm a believer and that I'm going to share my Faith with, him, faith with him that I will be a greater influence on him than he would ever be an influence on me. So I think that's great biblical advice and I think it's also good counsel that we can get. So item number three is seek godly advice. Find someone in your church or a friend or a family member who is a believer 
very important that they're a believer, and then explain the situation to them and make sure that person prays about it and prays with you about it and gives you some good advice that's based upon the Word of God. When you're seeking counsel, I would always ask someone, well, where does it say that in the Bible? Now, I know I've given you a lot of references today about the Bible says this and the Bible says that, and I don't want to give you a hundred scriptures. So if you stay with me on this teaching on decision-making and on having wisdom and on having knowledge, you will be able to pick up all the scriptures that I'm talking about and get the references that you need. In addition to that, if you'd like to have additional information when it comes to making financial decisions, I'm not trying to sell you a book right now, but I do have a book that I've written that's entitled Experience the Joy of Debt-Free Living. And if you're interested, it's filled with examples how to make good decisions in your finances and how to avoid getting yourself in financial difficulties. So I'll talk about at the end of this podcast where you can get some of the material that I've written. So now the last thing that I think in my step four of making good decisions, having wisdom, is to take a piece of paper out when you're thinking about making a decision on something. Maybe it's buying a car. Let's use that as an example. You're thinking about making a car, buying a car. What should you do? Should you lease it or should you buy it or should you whatever? But let me just tell you how I do it. Take a piece of paper out and I draw a line down the middle of this sheet of paper. And on one side, I say good reasons and the other one, I say bad reasons. And I make a list of the good and the bad. You might say the good is that I need a car. The the bad might be that it's too expensive. The good might be that it's attractive and you like the car and it makes you feel good inside of it. The bad might be that it's going to be expensive to maintain. The good might be that the financing rates are reasonable today. The bad might be that you're going to be paying on the car for six or seven or eight years even. So make a list of the good sides of a decision and the bad sides of a decision. If you do this and you're consistent with that, then I believe the Lord will direct you and give you wisdom in making the right decisions on something like purchasing a car. You can do the same thing with a house. You can even do the same thing if you're trying to build a relationship with a a new friend. List the things that are good about your conversation with them. List the things that might be a problem with a relationship like that. So we need to do that. I believe it's steady plotting is the old statement I like to use. Steady plotting brings prosperity, but hasty speculation, which means making decisions fast, leads to poverty. So let's plan. Let's be steady about it and consistent with it. So let me quickly review the four steps that I believe will help you in making decisions based upon good wisdom. One is to pray. Crucial, most important thing that we can do. Number two is to get the Word of God out and find instructions. You'll find a lot of those instructions in the book of Proverbs. There's a lot of advice on borrowing money and co-signing for money, keeping out of debt, those types of things, and how to make good decisions in your finances. Three would be to seek godly counsel, to find someone who can help you in the decisions that you need to make. And four would be to Make a checklist of those good things and the bad things before you make a decision. Now, I hope this has been helpful. I know that we've tackled some things that are a little bit difficult sometimes to understand or relate to. But bottom line, to wrap it up, if we want to have wisdom in making good decisions, we must seek God. In addition to that, we must gain knowledge in order to have good wisdom. We need to be educated in what we're thinking about doing. We need to train ourselves and understand what we're facing and what the issues will be in the situation that we're trying to make a decision on. So it requires good training, education, gaining the skills that we lack, gaining the knowledge that we need, and taking all that, put it together, seek and pray and ask God's guidance and direction and ask God for wisdom in making that decision. And I guess the last thing I'd like to say is that when we're faced with a decision, there's one very important thing we need to do in addition to all these other items, and that is to be at peace about a decision. 
a lot of people will come to me and say, you know, I've been trying to buy a house for years, or I've been trying to buy a car, or I've been trying to find a new job, and I just keep running into one problem after another problem or after another problem. I just can't seem to get this thing to work. And they get frustrated, and they're, they're all nervous about it. And I always like to tell them that if you're having a lot of difficulties in making a decision, and there's doubt, and there's fear, and there's anxiety, then I believe you shouldn't make that decision. I believe that when you're struggling to buy a car and you're just filled with confusion and questions and doubt. You see, our God is not the author of doubt and confusion. He's the author of peace and love and stability and those things that are solid in the Word of God. It's the Holy Spirit that gives us peace. See, the Bible tells us to be anxious for nothing, but everything through prayer, with our petitions and thanksgiving, we should make our requests made known to God. And then it says that we'll receive the peace of God that passes all understanding. And that peace will guard our heart and guard our mind in Christ Jesus. So we want to have peace in decision making. So I'm going to just leave you with that. And I'm going to pray that the Lord will help you as you endeavor to make godly, wise decisions in your walk with the Lord. Father, thank you for this opportunity once again to teach this lesson, Lord, on wisdom and on knowledge. I pray that you would bless it and that you would anoint it, Father, to those who've heard it. Some might need to listen to it again because there's some areas in there that maybe are require maybe a second pass through to get it solid in their heart and in their mind. But I pray now the Holy Spirit would help them and they would be at peace in the decisions that they make. Lord, that peace is having trust and confidence in you, Lord, and being assured of it by the Holy Spirit that this is a good decision. It's the right way to go. Bless them now and keep them, Father. And I thank you for, once again, this opportunity in this podcast. And I'll give you praise for it now. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Once again, I hope that this has been a interesting podcast for you because we all need to learn how to make good, wise decisions. If you are interested in gaining more information about the teachings I have on decisions and on prosperity and on finances and on faith and various topics, you can subscribe to my podcast on cpnshows.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. In addition to that, if you'd like to get more information that I've written on dealing with these topics, you can go to my webpage at davidcfriendauthor.com. When you pull the webpage up, you'll see a reference to a number of books that I've written. There are various topics. One is entitled Receive Everything from What We Call Nothing. It's a book on faith and it's based upon the teachings that Paul had when he talked about it in the book of Romans about calling forth those things that are not as though they are. It's a book on faith and I think it would bless you. In addition to that, I've written a book that I mentioned earlier in this podcast that deals with our finances. It's entitled Experience the Joy of Debt-Free Living and it's a book written on how to have a step-by-step approach to getting out of debt to become a giver to your church, to learn how to be able to tithe financially and how tithing will bless you, and also how lining up our finances according to the Word of God will help us and bless us and get us out of debt so we'll be able to spend the money where we want to spend it and not be obligated to pay large interest rates and bills and obligations to others. There's another book I've written in there entitled Generosity and What's in It for Me. And that has to do with the understanding of that generosity is something that God desires and He places in our hearts. And that when we're generous, then I believe God has an obligation to bless us. And I believe it'll be a blessing to you. So I hope that you'll look that up and that it will be something that will be of interest. In addition to that, I've written a couple books on the subject of Vietnam and help for veterans. Because I was a veteran, served in the Vietnam War, served in the United States Army. And during that time, there's a number of experiences that I had that I think may be helpful with those who've served and served their country well. 
So with that, I'm going to have to move on now because I want to take just a second here and explain to you what we're going to do in our next podcast that's coming up. I'm going to be talking about the subject of knowledge, just pure knowledge. How do we get knowledge? Now, we can go to school and get it, but there's a lot of other ways to obtain knowledge. And so I'm going to be talking about that and give you some practical steps on how to deal with making good decisions based upon having a good understanding and a knowledge of what you're getting into and how this this decision you're going to make will make an impact on your life. So with that, I pray God will bless you if you want to tune in to that in my next upcoming podcast. My thoughts for you today and my prayers for you today is that you will gain a better understanding of how to make wise decisions and that you won't have decisions filled with regrets. We've all done it. We've all made mistakes. And I will share those in upcoming teachings on how we can avoid making mistakes that will cause us to have possibly some financial challenges or griefs and difficult relationships in our future. So with that, I'm just going to close with, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. May you prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. So until next time, may God richly bless you in all the decisions that you'll be making.